the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host, Simon Berman, General President of the Brush Builders Union. This month, I am joined by Josh Mallet, Alpha Legion expert, and he's got a lot of cool stuff to talk about this week. And uh, Josh, how are you doing? <laughs> Alpha Legion expert? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Humbled. Oh, I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm really quite well, buddy. Thank you. Right on. Well, you? thanks so much for uh, joining us. Oh, mate. Glad to be on. Honored to be on. Very, feel very privileged and humble. Thank you. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, you know, it's it's Saturday. It's been a long week. It's been a, it's been a long year, really. Oh. Mate, it's only just begun. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I say it's only just begun, but literally, yes. I'm 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 hoping this year ends quickly, just so or something good really pops out. Really, really. agreed. That's to make up for the. I don't know what this is. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of just crazy upon crazy. It's like we've we've entered the boss boss mode decade. It does so, feel that way. The most difficult science. Oh gosh, but yeah, all good. No doubt. So I uh, just to give a little background. Uh, Josh, I found your stuff on Instagram a few weeks ago. Um, you had made a statement about some stuff that happened to you at Warhammer World, which we're going to get into later in the podcast. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I, I had seen the video and was was really moved by what you had to say there. Uh, but when I went and looked through your Instagram, I also saw you had, you had this really beautiful uh, Horus Heresy Alpha Legion army. Oh, um, and that's that's part of why I want to talk to you about today, because, you know, we're ultimately a, a hobby podcast and, and that kind of cool stuff is, it's, you know, I, I want to hear about what, what got you into that and all that stuff, too. But let's, yeah. let's get, get into that. So, actually, Josh, where, where are you from exactly? So I'm from London, um, south, southeast London, um, UK. And uh, let's say all my life, I studied um, games, technology. So I'm a level designer. At oh, King. cool! They they make um Candy Crush. A lot of oh, people sure. probably will probably like hiss after hearing Candy Crush and Warhammer. Well, I, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I should say I, I I played it. I played a ton of Candy Crush. At one oh point. mate, I was, I was I was very depressed for a few months. No, I think I just I, I played depressed. it like exciting. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was it was a soothing bomb to me for about oh, six good. months, a few years back. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Um, so yeah, before that, I worked at Lionhead Studios uh, before they closed down. The guys who made Fable. Um, so yeah, uh, but I've and that was in Guildford. So yeah, love love gaming, love um, all that sort of stuff. And uh, but Warhammer, yeah, Warhammer. Yeah, how'd you get into that? Warhammer came from Starship Troopers. Okay, it was really weird. I had such a, it's like the seeds were sown when I was younger. Because did you, so have you seen Starship Troopers? You must have. If you oh, yeah, I, I love oh, it. It's no. one of my favorites. Right. Outpost 20, 26, 29? I can't remember what the outpost is called. But it's that scene where the, the, the um, mobile infantry are fighting uh-huh. against the, the arachnids and they're climbing over and they're trying to get into the outpost. And then that tanker, tanker bug bursts through the ground oh, yeah. and starts spraying everyone with like lava. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And then, um, I remember, so in school, age of 13, um, I was, I went to after school club and they were playing, uh, Mordheim, uh, but they were using these models, these, um, which turned out to be space marines to like, sure. they made the boards out of like paper mache. And, um, I remember coming in and thinking first thought, I really, I'm really ashamed of it. But first thought I thought I was like, nerds, what a bunch of nerds. I'll never get into this. <laughs> and then, uh, well, he showed me the codex and at the time, I think it was third edition, and so it had what turned out to be Marnius Kalgar and those ultramarines like fighting off a horde of these like dinosaur looking creatures. Oh yeah. For the Tyranids. And um, so I was like, okay, okay, fine. Maybe it's not that bad. I mean, I'll give it a go. And this is coming off like Halo as well. So I've been playing um, Halo Combat Evolved. So, just, just real quick. Yeah. How old are you, Josh? I'm 26. 
I think I think that means that I got into Warhammer the year you were born. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was 14, it would have been 94, wow. I think. So. Oh, yeah, so I'm 1993. So oh, but yeah, oh, don't worry, man, you can, you, can tell, you can tell me stuff. You can tell me, like, so I was coming, right, when... All right, it, young man. <laughs> let me tell you about my day. No, like, so... Back in second edition. <laughs> um, so, so, what happened? So, I remember going to a games workshop. And they had this, you know how they have dioramas. So you can, I think often you walk in to go oh, sure. and have those dioramas. And it was, um, they had remade the scene. So Marnie's Cowgirl on a hill and loads of like dead um, space marines like lying next to him. And like his honor guard were like fighting them up. So I think the model had just come out, I think. Mm-hmm. The, the metal one. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Starship Troopers. So I didn't see the Imperial Guards, so I only saw the Space Marines. Like, I was focused on that, so I didn't notice that the Imperial Guard, which basically looked like the guys that were Starship Troopers. Um, right. In green. So I focused on Space Marines, Space Marines. And I remember buying the Monopose um, Space Marine uh, Tactical Squads with, like, a paint kit. My sister, like, in there with me, bought me a kit for my birthday. Uh-huh. Was it Christmas? I can't remember. And I was like, yeah, this is it. I remember getting home, painting, flopping. In London, flopping just means failing really badly. Um, slang for failure. Failing really badly to paint, right? And they was blotchy. And I was like, why don't they look the same as they do on the box? Wow, this is a shame. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got in that way. And I kind of stayed for quite a while. Um, it was expensive at, this, expensive at the time. And my mum couldn't afford to, like, keep buying me models. So I had to make do with what I had. Um, and I would just, like, convert little things and build little things. And I didn't really play, play the game very much. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I was, like, yeah, super young. So I couldn't, like, go to the store by myself. Um, and then skip forward a few years, Dawn of War 1 came out, and I, I remember playing that, and just playing the campaign, um, and only playing against bots, because I was, like, too nervous to go online. Sure. You've got that loss aversion where you don't want your skill rating to go down, so you just don't play. But then you're right. play, so you just play against bots, so I was just like, yeah. Um, so I just uh, played against the bots and stuff, and I just remember um, Gabriel Angelos fighting against uh, Sindri and... Yeah, I was like, oh, what wow, was amazing. And then uh, I got to uni, and um, the Space Wolves, the old Space Wolves had just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the, the other codex. It's um, the one when it's like three Marines on the front, and he's got like an axe and uh, a, a power fist, and he's got his battle brothers next to him, and they're charging like down this like snowy hill. And sure. like Lucas the Trickstar, um, what's the what's the Logar Grimnar? Logar Grimnar? Logan that sounds Grimnar? right. I'm not a, I'm not a big Space Wolves guy, so I, I ah. can't speak too specifically. But I think I think what you're talking about Logan Grimnar or something. But anyway, so I got into it that way, and I just like just kept on playing. But then I ran out of money because I was at uni as a student. You know, it was either pay play Warhammer or like eat soup for the next week. Right. Like, let me just eat. let me just study. Then I finally got a job at King after uni university finished, and then that's when I really picked up again. Um, and started playing, and I started playing Space Wolves. And then I remember um, going into so at the London Wargaming Guild, um, this was a place in London where they do like weekly uh, games and matches. It was the first time I started playing the game properly. Got pretty good at it. It was when they had formations, so you could just like oh sure have like ten drop pods for I don't know for free, and you just drop pods. I bought loads of drop pods. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I remember a couple of guys, so Pawn of Morkai. And Anuj Malhora, I might pronounce his name second name wrong, um, but he's the uh, the he's obviously a game designer. 
uh, at Four Drugs now, and they were playing um, what turned out to be Horus Heresy. And I remember seeing his Alpha Legion. I was like, what are these guys? At the time, I had like Thousand Sons, and he was mm-hmm. playing Alpha Legion versus Raven Guards. I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And what I was kind of finding at the time is that with 7th edition and 40k, it was hard to make fluffy lists that were still good. It's true. Yeah. Um, and you would find, so it's that kind of that time where you were getting like soup um, and chaos would hardly ever, you'd hardly have like space marines on the table. It would just be like, I don't know, 80 cultists. So this is coming up to like before 8th edition. Um, so you'd have sure. loads of cultists and stuff and, um, and then 8th edition dropped and then that number exceeded. And I was like, I really want to play chaos space marines. I really want to play space marines. And 30k was that. So um, I started, I got a, uh, what was it called? Uh, Prospero Burn set, and I was going to do Thousand Sons, um, and then I lost my Thousand Sons on the train. Oh no! Exhausted, I fell asleep, got oh. up and panicked, and then went home. Woke up the next day, I was like, "Oh my gosh, where's my box?" And it turned oh. out. I think, they, I think they blew it up. I think they blew it up. I, I don't know. It's gone. Oh it's man! <laughs> Araman to this day still travels, lost in a warp somewhere. <laughs> so I was like, "No," but that gave me an excuse to start Alpha Legion. Um, sure. Because I was like, "Okay, I want a Legion." that is you know good but doesn't follow the emperor um because as a christian i wasn't really into like the kind of like um the stuff they did with the emperor and the worship of the emperor i didn't like that i liked the uh-huh. kind of renegade renegade chapters that would like break off for the imperium they could see the corruption in the imperium and so sure. i was like oh, cool i want to i want to kind of do something and the alpha legion were that that kind of like they were traitors but for the right region right reason right. and then were they also loyalists and then also I liked that kind of um, spec ops feel, like, um, you know, kind of like appearing in your own lines behind. But they did something, they did it much better, though, I felt, than the Raven Guards, who were like guerrilla fighters. The, if you imagine, you know, the Secret Service, I guess, the, the, uh, right. you know, the SAS, um, that's what the Alpha Legion really felt to me. Um, as those kind of like operatives would get behind the lines. And so I picked them, and I remember seeing the the Alpha Legion Contemptor, which is still like the most beautiful model um, for me personally that Forge of have produced um, and just how it was painted. And I didn't want to do metallic because um, I didn't really like doing metallic paints. I also didn't know how to do it. Um, so sure. I did everything in matte. And that's how, yeah, very long-winded, but that's how, yeah. That's how I got no, I, that's great. I, I, I love the Alpha Legion myself. You know, um, I think the, what was it, the uh, Betrayal at Kelth set maybe yes. four years ago? Yeah, 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 that yeah. got me interested. I, because I, I looked at Heresy for a long time, um, but the uh, the price point for getting into it was very difficult for quite a while. You know, you had you had to go all resin through Forge World. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and those Kelth sets were great. So I, I think I ended up buying three of them ultimately, oh, nice. and uh, I I painted up my attempted at Alpha Legion army, and then about a year and a half later, I kept looking. I was like, man, I did not get these colors right at all. <laughs> I was just just totally unhappy with the colors, and I, I ended up selling that army to a friend. But I, I have about a box and a half of the Kelth sprues left. Oh, and, cool. uh, one of these days, I'm going to get around to, to trying to redo my Alpha Legion properly, hopefully oh, on, a, on a paint scale that matches something like yours, because your army is really beautiful. On then, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. It took ages to get there, but uh, I got there in the end. I'm getting there. Still, still lots of work to do. But on that note about restarting, so I had an Alpha Legion army before the one I've got currently. And I sold that in order to fund a secret project um, and IRL, so like out of, out of the hobby, um, to someone, a, a friend of mine who um, followed for quite a while and said, I'll buy them. Um, and ended up restarting because I had a lot of stuff from Forge World, like 
the backlog, the endless backlog, one of the oh, positive things that has come out of COVID is that with Forge World being closed, people now have to paint their backlogs. So, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, Forge, you ain't open, you're not going to buy more stuff. So, paint what you've got. And it's literally like, gosh, this will take me about a year to get through. But I built up that army. Um, and I was like, I'm really, I really want to get serious with painting because um, the heresy community, the, the way, because you brought up a good point. So, because it's more expensive, resin is more expensive and hard to work with, it's, it's even less accessible than 40k and people care a lot generally care a lot more about the presentation of the army so you're likely to never see um gray armies on the table which was common in 40k um because the game the state of that game as a designer yourself would know the state of that game changes so often that people don't really have time to invest in their armies or their models because they they're going to change in like a couple of months so in 30k things are a lot more they stay that way for longer i wouldn't say stagnant yeah but they, they, it's they stable stay, it's stable so you're you know for at least a year i think with the faqs coming out maybe every quarter every six months or once maybe a year um you know your game's not going to change so it gives people a lot more time to invest in what they've got um so i knew i was safe to do that and so i started painting um more regularly and got into it and I think I so I went to the cult of paint um, sessions, just learning how to use my brush, um, learning how to use a near brush perfectly, understanding like highlights, understanding um, where to blend and understand where to, how light works, and you know those kind of foundations, which I just practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced until I got to a point where I was like, okay, I want to take it up a notch. I'd like to one day attend, you know, a competition, not so much to win anything, but so I could get better because. Sure. If you want to get better, surround yourself with people who are better than you. So that way you you are um, always growing because there are other people who want to go in the same direction of you. Um, so I started doing that, got into those classes, um, met uh, Miles at Warhammer Fest. Um, and he approached me and said, like, I do lessons and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. So let me go on lessons with that. And then he like helped me just like understand what things in more detail. And then as I started painting and getting better, I kind of got built the courage to like speak to people like um, from like abroad and sent men, uh, message people on Instagram. And then I built a community of friends um, around that. I mean, now I paint together and stuff and hang out together on the weekends and during the week. So you're growing. Yeah, it just helps you. Surround yourself with people who are better than you and teach people who are learning because um, sure. we're earlier in their stage. And I think, yeah, that kind of cycle of learning, listening, teaching, and, you know, giving it back to other people um, really is a healthy kind of mindset to have. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like when, you, when you're when you instructing somebody in painting, you know, and I'm certainly not an expert painter or anything, but, you know, I, I do teach yeah. um, beginners and such. And I always find that, you know, just um, articulating what I do myself and actually putting it into words can often, like, sort of focus what I've been doing and, and make me a better painter to some degree as well, because I'll, I'll think more hard and fast about, you know, what I actually do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of value in that, for sure. When you teach someone, and this is something my friend Brennan uh, mentioned to me, he said, when you teach um, someone how to paint or a strategy or, you know, anything, it helps you understand or measure how well you've understood a concept or something. Um, right so exactly there's a selfish benefit there i guess is because it's like you're seeing do i actually know what i'm talking about if i can explain it and someone can understand that like how well have i understood what i'm doing 
So it's always hard because like some people say they just do things, for example, but they don't know why they're doing it. And so they don't really grow because they haven't figured out yeah. how to solve a problem. And the same way, you know, the same as I guess game designers, we might, excuse me, we might take ideas from other games and twist them and develop them to make something new. Now that's the idea. And when you paint, you're supposed to be doing the same thing. But if you can teach that to someone, it's a whole different kettle fish. It's a whole different idea because it means that you are able to one impart knowledge and then it shows how well you've assimilated it yourself and you can you hand it off. And it's also just a really nice thing to do for someone who's struggling. Oh absolutely. I, mean, I, I definitely would not would not have grown if I didn't have people investing in me um like to help me paint um tool. Yeah, it would have taken me a lot longer. But I ask a lot of questions. Um and I, you know, follow feedback. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, no, I I, I could not agree more. Um, you know, what you're saying about, about Horus Heresy being sort of um, a very hobby-centered part of the, the Warhammer community, is, I think it's very true. I mean, you, almost every army I see is a real labor of love. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember going to, like, my first event, and there were people like Wright Studio. Oh, my gosh. Like, he had this really beautiful um, Empress Children. Uh, and then um, Paul of Molokai, a friend I mentioned earlier, his space walls are probably the best space walls I've personally seen um ever on the, the table he's, he's developed his own style really like really realistic looking style um and it just makes you want to get better not because you're comparing yourself but you're like i you, you kind of you're inspired so you're like i can do that whereas if oh, you go absolutely. to an event and everyone's got gray armies it's like well, maybe i shouldn't care because no one cares right. here. so it's like you know um i guess yeah i guess like you why why are you playing the game like what what does it what 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 does um what does it do like for you um and how does it inspire you to keep pushing yourself and I think painting not only is it therapeutic um it helps you to problem solve like at the moment I'm painting an F three commander so I'll get onto later about the Alpha Legion and I was learning how to do um NNM on his glaive in oil paint I was like gosh how is this gonna work and you just try. You just try and then it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out and you have to change it. You have to strip it. The amount of times right. I stripped Alpharius like three times has just become a meme. <laughs> All my friends have stripped him so many times to get him where I want him to be. Um, and that's an important thing, learning when to say enough is enough, which comes with all artists. Um, uh, you just have to learn to move on. But the biggest thing is trying something. Just try it. You're probably going to mess it up. Um, but yeah, just have courage to just try and then move on and you know you'll get better as you keep making attempt after attempt yeah, yeah. no i think that that's that's very sound advice um so i mean it seems like <clears throat> your experience with the, with the horus heresy community in general been pretty positive um but I, i'd like to talk a little bit about um your, your video statement about what happened to you okay. at warhammer fest yeah warhammer fest yeah i said uh i said uh warhammer I say the weekend on the video, but yeah, Anij came to me and said no, it was Warhammer Fest. So yeah, Warhammer Fest, it happened. Um, yeah, okay. Um, would you like me to kind of explain like what happened on that day and go through details and stuff? Or... Yeah, I, I think you know if, you, if you're comfortable starting at the beginning, that'd be great because you know I don't think everybody's listening to this podcast has probably seen your video. Um... Okay, cool. All right, so Alfarius. Alfarius is announced, okay, and he's been sold. Is it 2017? I think he came out like. He's going, to, he's going to be at this event. So sure. none of my friends um, were able to go because they were working. 
but I had managed to take was it were they working? I think it was I think it was on the weekend. Uh, I'd managed to I'd managed to go and I ended up going alone. So I didn't know anyone at this event. So I was like, okay, well, let me let me change that. Let me meet people. Um, a couple of the Alpha Legion community from Facebook sent me messages because I said I was going, and they said like, oh, could you you know could you pick me up a model if you can afford it? I can at the time, um, or could you you know if you're there, I'd like to meet you. So you know I I went and I was sure I'd meet yeah. someone. And so, anyway, I was walking around, playing games, hanging out, and I got into the, the seminar room. And uh, Tony Cottrell was talking about the Alpha Legion, and sorry, show, showing off some models. And I remember screaming, because not only was, obviously, I saw Alpharis, who was, like, mentioned. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I actually remember being in the meeting when that model was announced. And I was just, like, <gasps> trying not to freak out in the meeting yeah. uh, at work. I was like, gosh, okay, put my phone away. Um, but I, I remember going into the room and they showed off the Praetor, both Praetors. So they had the guy with the, 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 the um, Mark VI Praetor, I think he was, Mark VI Praetor okay. with the, the sword, then the Terminator, Cataphracti Terminator Praetor. I remember just screaming, like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah. if you meet me, I mean, you probably tell from the, from the pod, but like, if you meet me, you can see I'm very excitable and I'm like, really like, oh my gosh. And I was like freaking out. Sure. Screaming, and then Tony Culture was like, "Oh my gosh, you're like the Alpha Legion guy." I was like, "Oh, cool, yeah." So I was like, "This name kind of stuck, and it's funny, and everyone was chilling." And I was like, "Cool, this is really fun. Alpha Legion are, you know, coming up and stuff." Mm-hmm. And then uh, it took a kind of turn. This is a really sad thing um, because it's not the first time stuff like this has happened. It's the first time I've ever experienced it from a member of staff in at such a global, I say global, such a large event. Um, and I had the last question, and my question was going to be about how did I think it was like how do you develop the different um, armor sets and characteristics of each legion? How do you make Alpha Legion stand apart from Salamanders, um, you know, or uh, what are they called Blood Angels apart from Empress Children? So I had this like question, but it was the last question. So as I stood up to give my question, um, he says to me, "Oh, you've got the last question." You're like the black guy. So Tony Cottrell said this. You're like the black guy at the end of Avengers. Now, mm-hmm. if you have seen the end of Avengers Endgame Part 1, it ends with... Spoilers. You've probably seen it. You, uh, I haven't actually, but go, go, feel free. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> right, right. It, okay, it ends with um, uh, Nick Fury, who's played by Samuel Jackson, Jackson uh-huh. um, dying. And he has the last scene before he presses this button. And I, mean, you know, I won't spoil that part for you. Obviously. Sure. Um, but basically, he was saying you're like that black guy from that that movie. And what people, so I've had loads of conversations because some people have like understood and they've understood why that's bad. But it would be like telling an Asian guy you look like Jackie Chan, basically. Sure. Because race, you know, it's racist. Um, and we can understand why that's racist because you're generalizing someone based on the color of their skin. And it was really upsetting because that's what we call covert racism, where it's not blatantly racist. It's not like you said, oh, my gosh, black guy, get out of here or anything like that. Right. Um, you know, you'd probably get fired instantly if you did that. Um, but it was humiliating because once again, I was I think I was one of I think there might have been one other black guy there. I don't Probably hundreds of people. Uh, I assume, hundreds right? of people. Hundreds of people. Yeah. And I was packed, and it made me feel one again humiliated because I knew I was like the only one, the only black guys there, and singled out again 
um, but it was from a member of staff, and people just laughed. Yeah. Like, that... I mean, I forgive, I've, I've forgiven him now, obviously. I've forgiven him. I've moved on. But it's, it's, it's not fair because this sort of stuff happens to people all the time. And if I hadn't said anything, people probably would just gloss over it and not really be aware. And people, have, people did and people have. And people laughing kind of justified or vindicate, you know, said like, oh, it's fine. And it kind of said, yeah. you know, what, no one can say anything. No one's going to stand up and say, you know, that's not okay. Or like, and it just made me feel like I'm not welcome here. Like it's happened again. Even what, 10 years later, you know, where people are grown and these are grown men um, and a grown man saying that and someone who represents a company with more than just white people who work there. Um, sure. It's very diverse. Some really nice employees there. Um, there's a really nice lady who worked at Humber, but um, a couple of people who laughed with me when we looked at Sanguinius's model um, because of the, you know, the cat on Sanguinius's arm? Yeah. If you look at the model again, it looks like it's smiling. So I just remember <laughs> laughing right off. But at the time, it was really painful. So I remember leaving there feeling like, I'm not welcome here. This isn't, you know, sure. again, again, I've been singled out. Again, another race joke. Um, I just remember feeling like I getting the, the model and literally not wanting to paint it. Because I was like, this is, you know, what's the point? I'm just going to be kind of like laughed at again or, you know, brushed off. But there was a couple of guys that came up to me. Um, Eternal Painter came up to me and asked me if I was okay and like how I've been doing and stuff. Um, and then I even went up to Tony Cottrell afterwards. And I I didn't mention what he had said. Mm-hmm. I kind of just said, you know, let me, I'm here to learn about Warhammer. Let me just ask you know, about the game and stuff. And... Yeah, he kind of just um, brushed it off and stuff, and yeah. So, but I remember like another em- another employee's face there when I when he said that, and he he it, he it resonated with him. He could see my pain. I remember locking eyes with him and just thinking like, and he just shook his head. He was just like, um. So people are aware of it. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned that, that this sort of happened to you again. Um, I assume you, you've had similar experiences, oh, maybe not, loads, not with staff, yeah. but yeah, with loads. the community in general. Yeah. When I was, um, yeah, when I was growing up, um, I remember walking into a Warhammer shop. This happened twice. It's funny because you know that book that just came out, the all got announced, the Avenging Sun, and it's got Black Culture Marine. Yeah. Uh, I remember walking into the, the, when I first started playing, um, when I was a bit younger, um, I was old enough to like go and had a little army built up and I remember bringing in a black ultramarine captain and they were doing this campaign at the time and they told me that I wouldn't one of the guys told me that I couldn't have a black ultramarine captain and I wasn't allowed to play with that model uh, so I had to pick another well, that's model terrible. yeah because he said ultramarines aren't black you know, they're white. they look like me not like you and none of the staff none of the staff said anything they just kept on kept on uh, painting yeah and didn't say anything. and these were staff members i just remember thinking what so so this is it then yeah this is this is how it's perceived so okay i guess i guess i can't paint i was young at the time so i guess i can't play with it it's not sure. going to be accepted so and then i remember going another day and asking about the salamanders and like looking online i remember going from that and looking up the salamanders who originally were black um they were afro african um but the art director 
um, one of the guys, one of the staff told me like they weren't selling. So the art director made them black skinned um, and pitch back. I mean, I'm not talking like, you know, brown like myself. Um, I'm right. talking like X0000, you know, like, right. you know, PlayStation 4 pitch black. Like, right, like fantasy you know, colors. Yeah, you know, just like black. Like, yeah. You know, you know, charcoal black and with red eyes. And so they wiped out a whole ethnicity from their game. Um, and it's like, this is, this is, this is what's left for, for me. So I've been called Vulcan. Um, like recently, um, I went to hang out with some friends in the park and one of the guys said to me, oh, hey, it's Vulcan. Um, so just, just to clarify, um, listening, yeah. Vulcan, Vulcan is a member of the Salamanders, right? Or not yeah, Vulcan he's the Primarch of the Salamanders. So uh, he is the only... <laughs> Black Primarch of the uh-huh. Salamanders, and he's black. He's, he's black because if you listen to the audiobooks, they've all got African accents. So if you ever listen to a book with the Salamanders in it, they've all got African accents. So Games Workshop identifies these characters as black, um, and so but they're just not just black. They're like I said, pitch black. Yeah. And so it's like, come on, man, we're in 2020, and you can't see what's wrong with that sentence. Like, forget 2020. You know, the past decade, racism has been sure. you know, raised about so like and even when you're young you're supposed to be taught that that stuff doesn't isn't okay but it's not um and so in this community there are a lot of people who um sadly either don't know because it's not happened to them they've never they've not experienced it and i i guess um it's not i'm not sure if i'd ex- expect them to have experienced it but there's people who do know better and do nothing and there's people who just don't care um and after my video, it was kind of clear that those people were in the community. But the the response to the video, especially in the comment section and privately, I mean, there's so many messages, I can't even get through all of them with how kind and encouraging people have been and supportive. Um, at the end of my video, I said, like, if you, you know, if you don't agree with racism, if, sorry, if you don't agree with this point and like why racism is a bad thing and you don't care, then just unfollow me. Um, sure. And more people followed me. <laughs> Which was Good. so encouraging, you know. It was so encouraging because I'm not, I'm not doing it for for more more likes and more followers. I'm doing it because I want people to see and understand why it's so detrimental to someone, not just their mental health, but how they view themselves. At the time of the racism that I received, I was, I think I was 14, and I'm still, you know, you're still developing in that age. You know, you're putting on layers of what people say and what people think about yeah. you. And if people are making you know, race jokes and telling you about, um, you know, they're, def- they're defining you based on the color of your skin rather than the content of your character, you are basically, you're damaged. You, you're going to grow up damaged and have you have this really warped self-image. So I never, I didn't paint a black model um, again for years. Wow. And in fact, like, I gave all my Marines helmets not for the fact that I'd sucked at painting like skin in general, like faces on one of them. I mean, a lot of um, Warhammer um, artists struggle with skin, but sure. I was just like, I, I don't want to experience that again. So it, it damaged yeah. me for such a long time. Um, but then, so then when I, yeah, and so what happened at Warhammer, uh, Warhammer Fest really brought up a lot of painful feelings. And it wasn't the overt racism, which happens a lot in America, in America particularly, and can happen, you know, today I was called the N-word just during the protest. But it's, this, it's the subtle covert racism um, where people will hide their views behind jokes um, mm-hmm. or they will say something and they might not be aware of why that's wrong. Um, 
but it's still bad and so it's harder for people and people like kind of develop this this understanding of um you know okay well you know it's, it's, it's he or she or they're not serious it's just a joke so maybe it's not a problem but it's about now you know I've, I've learned to call that out I've learned to be comfortable with calling that out and outside the hobby it's like going into a shop and being followed by a security guard um, having to always have a receipt on you to prove that you've bought something or being stopped by the police for driving a nice car my friend had to sell his car because um, he was getting stopped and searched all the time. Wow. They kept asking him if he owned the car. Um, another friend of mine was being followed, and then the police arrested him uh, <laughs> because he was like, I want you to arrest them. I want you to arrest them. And then the police refused to arrest them, so they arrested him, and he was put in a yeah. cell. Um, and so this resentment that grows between people. And I think the biggest thing I had to learn was the power of forgiveness. As a Christian, we're always spoken about forgiving. Um, because and the importance of that is when you forgive you free yourself it's like unforgiveness is what I was taught is unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die from it so all those people like I realize you know that's you know that's suboptimal you don't want that so forgive sure. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and but it's still a problem because if you fail to forgive and you let that hold on to you you end up growing you become that person you become the person the object that you hate so much mm-hmm. and then you get a situation where you can't you know you don't want to my girlfriend's italian and she's white white italian wonderful family wonderful woman um and had i allowed my perception of white people um and the police to really like change my warp my my vision i never would have i never would have dated her i would never yeah. be with her because i would have said you know all people like that are the same it's not true so there's a lot of change that had to happen and you need help. You need really need help changing that perception because I've experienced a lot of overt and covert racism, but there are people who have, you know, been threatened by it, um, had their lives threatened, been actually beaten up by um, people for the colour of their skin. Um, you know, before, before anyone speaks to me, they've made a judgment. And there's unconscious bias there, you know, just like, okay, you're sure. young, so, you know, you're going to think like this, you're going to be into that or whatever. But then the cover of my skin, like people judge me and they say, oh, you know, you like, you know, you like chicken. I mean, who doesn't like chicken? <laughs> Chicken's delicious. Like, it, it's good. I like it. Unless you're a vegan or vegetarian, you, everyone likes right. chicken, man. Come on. How can you yeah. not? But there's this assumptions and this racial stereotypes that go beyond just stereotypes. It goes into like, it's hurtful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want my child to be able to walk down the street and not have to be scared for their life. I want them to not be scared of a policeman. And it's traumatizing to be stopped and searched, to be humiliated, to, for a policeman to lie and say, you know, we're stopping you because you fit the description and not even knowing the law at the time because, you know, um, you don't think that a police is just going to stop you and say you look like this black guy or you have the same name as this, this black guy who you look nothing like. Yeah. Um, and it's just so, it's traumatizing. So, yeah, you really need people to help you and educate you. And I needed education. I needed people to explain to me, um, you know, why that was happening. And in schools, you're not taught about the racism in the, in the UK. You're taught about, you know, civil rights movements in America. And you explain why it's there. But the, the schools in the UK seem to pretty much hide a lot of that stuff. Um, and they don't tell you about where it started from. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, 
So with all the chaos happening in America, you know, I'm not surprised that I don't I don't agree with the violence. However, I'm not surprised that it's happening because sure. it's people are tired of not being heard and tired of being ignored and tired and scared of it being brushed off. People, the fact that we're in COVID now, I realize I'm talking a lot, Simon. Is that right? No, no. I mean, you're, you're here to talk. I'm <laughs> to help you say what you need to say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the fact that people are in isolation. I mean, I'm scared for friends. I made a painting social because I don't want people to be depressed or on their own. Um, I want them to come and join together and know they have friends that care about them from abroad and they can paint and enjoy the hobby. But people are in isolated and, you know, not only are they isolated because of their community or their usual community, and the amount of people that have messaged me saying thank you for speaking up because I'm on my own or someone said this to me and I can't even go and I've had to leave this chat room because they don't care and they're, you know, they're freaking out about what um, Gangs Workshop statement, which you can get onto after. Um, I don't want people to be isolated. You know, I really care about people um, and I don't want them to experience that kind of lack of belonging. Everyone wants yeah. to belong. They want to know when you join a, a, a company, you want to, even if the work is great, you want to know that you've got people who care about you and you've got friends there to hang out with. Um, it's the whole reason we're sent to schools in a group so you can develop friendship. Um, and the stuff might sound corny to many people, but it comes down to like love and my church. That's the kind of example they give. They want people from different cultures and backgrounds to come together and unite on the fact, you know, love of God and be Christian and loving other people and loving their neighbors, which means loving someone who doesn't look like you, doesn't think like you and loving them anyway, loving them out of your culture. Um, but I thank, I really thank the fact that I've got friends who cared about me enough to support me in that. Because um, if they didn't, I probably would have left Warhammer there and then. I would have been like, this isn't worth it. And I would just left. No, yeah. I, I believe that for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, the really sad things about what you've been saying is, you know, um, I think we all, we're all very aware of the, a lot of the problems with, with racism, particularly in America, but in the UK too as well, in, in the broader terms. But I, I think it's, it's particularly sad that you're experiencing that these sort of things in, in your hobby, which is, you know, it's, it's what you do for fun. You know, you're, you're going out to play games, paint miniatures and, you know, the, the idea that, you know, you can be made to feel um, unwelcome on the basis of your race is just, it's so repugnant to me mm. um, in that situation. Mm. Yeah, it's... Oh no, I was just saying, you know, and, and obviously, you know, there are, there are bigger, bigger issues at play than just, you know, racism in the Warhammer community. But, um, you know, I, I think the people listening to my podcast and, you know, yourself and other gamers out there, you know, it's, it's a place where we, we can take a stand, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So that statement, that brings us into the statement. The statement that Games Workshop put out was was great. And um, I, I was really happy. I remember screaming like, yes, yes. Like, um, and being like, this is awesome that they've said something. And then I looked at the responses from people and there were a lot of people cheering for it and a lot of people who were not happy. Um, but my disquiet came from the fact that I've seen companies do um, statements before and then they remain silent, which sadly Games Workshop have. They've put out a statement. Um, I sent them an email and asking them what are they actually going to do to support that statement? Because, you know, Faith Without Works is dead. If you're just going to say something and you don't do anything to back it up, um, what are you actually 
what message are you actually sending? Because anyone can just write a few words and say, we support this and we don't support that. Um, but if they don't do anything, you know, and what am I expecting them to do? Train their staff, you know, to speak to Tony Cottrell and educate him. I don't want him fired despite what he said. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's actually racist. I don't, don't, I don't want to believe that. Um, sure. I think what he said was wrong and it comes from a place of ignorance. Um, I don't want to highlight him as a natural racist though, but I, I don't think he needed to do that to say what he said. Um, mm-hmm. it, even make, it even makes sense. I'm not bold. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think they need to train their staff on, especially Tony needs help public speaking and knowing what and not what to say, um, PR training, and they need to make sure that it's not happening in their staff because it is, and I know it is. I've spoken to employees there, and I know it happens to people. Um, people have left, have had to deal with racism in the staff, between staff, and it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, so saying it's for everyone, right, I, I understand that, but then particularly in the hobby, like where are and this is a really important point so i'm gonna give you a backstory my niece came to my my sister and said um, i hate my hair because she wants elsa here you know elsa from um frozen uh, frozen right and do you have children simon uh, i do not okay if you've got any friends with children or family and at the age of five how can you develop self-hatred based on you know your ethnicity how can you, what's happened for you to, for you to believe that what you are is not beautiful, anything but beautiful at that age? She shouldn't mm-hmm. be worrying about her hair. And it's because when she looks at the media and she looks at movies and she looks at, you know, or into books, there's no one like her. Yeah. In Warhammer, there is no one like me. Until recently, they didn't have any, they didn't really portray many black characters. There's that one um, page front cover and the siege of terror uh mm-hmm. i think it's called um uh, so i think it's the, the very last book before the the siege begins um yeah. carols of the siege and there's like a, a black lady on the front and a black space marine behind dawn which is awesome um but then where are those characters in the actual codexes or the the black books why aren't they why, why have we got no characters of different ethnicities we've got the white scars which are Again, um, another which is another culture. Um, I think I think they're based off Mon- Mongolian. Yeah, they're sort of that Genghis Khan Mon- Mongol horde right. inspiration. So, inspiration, and so you know, there's like, where are the characters that they could introduce? They're there, and I, I remember going to and this is at Warhammer Fest. Well, sorry, Warhammer Weekends. I remember going and asking the artists. One of my questions was like, you know, who has control over the characters? You know, does is it the game designers or the authors? The black library authors or mm-hmm. you the artist and they said well it's us we get to decide you know what characters look like and how they come up so i said okay so where are the ethnicities this is warhammer for AK, millions of years sorry thousands of years into the far future where are where are the other cultures that the imperium has conquered if you conquer this world you don't just you know n- don't necessarily just glass the planet right you, you take the strongest people from that planet and you recruit them you know i remember have you played fire warrior do you remember fire warrior oh i haven't actually oh, fire was this really old game really fun i remember playing when i was younger you, you were your tile fire warrior 
Um, anyway, the best part of the, the whole game for me is the intro. Says a lot about the game. Um, and uh, it's this like, you know, this guy is speaking and he's giving the introductions like the Imperium recruits from a million worlds and they die for an emperor that will never know them. Um, and it gets like they boast, Warhammer's about boasting about all these different worlds they recruit from, yet everyone is white skinned. Right. Unless you have, um, unless you're not, unless you're like pitch black yeah. or a vampire or a, a kind of werewolf character. Um, you mean the characters in the Thousand Sons are? I think they're kind of based off, you know, kind of Egyptian um, yeah. background. But the characters don't look like the Egyptians actually looked, which were black. Um, and so, again, it's just a bunch of missed opportunities. And I remember raising this in my paint in my groups, or something, which I've had to leave a group of friends and saying, you know, where are the different ethnicities? And people are saying, I don't care. And they're not seeing the problem with that. And this brings it back to yeah. my niece, like not having an example of someone to look up to in the hobby and what they and what they play. Like everyone imprints their what they love about the hobby into their army. You know, if if right. I love like close combat fighting, so a lot of my Alpha Legion have close combat weapons. Um and so or you know, I, I might paint them with like different skin tones because they have they have that cell in their body which lets them change their skin color um sure. people can do you know you there's a lot of freedom but then for the, there's no characters for them to look up to you know luthor could have been i mean he's a villain to be fair he ends up being a villain yeah. but like like that would be amazing if he was black because it's like this sure. character that everyone's going to want to use because it's luthor and he's like the op- opposite to, to the, the lion um you could you know he's questionable anyway probably argue he's he's noble but a bit arrogant and evil maybe um but like there's so much possibility you know the captains of different legions delvaris is a black space marine um from the world eaters and they can make a model for him mm-hmm. um, and they can make him really good and it's just like why is it not happening who have i got to show my daughter or monday my, my children like who they can look up to what space marine hero can they look up to? And I guess yeah. they're, they're doing it now with the, the you know, Space uh, Warhammer Adventures, and they've got... Yeah, it like, seems like there's a little bit of movement in that direction, right? Right. They have, they have, they have that, um, store exclusive, the, the Katashin, um, the... Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? They released only to stores to, like, boost their sales a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there have been a few other things. I mean, it's, it's you know, certainly not sufficient, but it does feel like maybe there's some awareness of it, which is, to me, at least encouraging. It's encouraging. I think that's the right word. I think... They are they are aware that it's lacking and they're testing waters. But even then, there's some covert racism going on in those comments um, about that character, that model, and stuff. And it's yeah. just like, and it's I guess you're never gonna. Will we ever expunge racism from our community? Probably not. People will probably maintain their views, but at least then they will be they will be a bit more thoughtful, and other people will call them out. And it's about understanding that's wrong and not agreeing with them and not saying nothing. And um, it. You know, it costs nothing to be kind, but it costs everything to stay silent. Um, no, I, that's that's very well said. Yeah, and for people, if you, you know, if you're impartial, that impartiality isn't exempt. You know, you're if you're impartial about it and you don't make a statement, then you're not, or you're not disagreeing with those people in those situations. You are enabling them. Um, and it's great that Games Workshop are doing those characters. Um, I would love to see, uh, sorry, a model, but I'd love to see a character in the black book and say, that's amazing. I'm going to send you a picture that a friend sent to me 
of a black space wolf in the form of a, a, a um, in the black box, and it looks amazing. And there are black space wolves. I think they're in like the northern hemisphere of the planet, but they're, again, they're never and they're explained to be there, but they're never depicted in in, sure. in, in the model. So I think it's just a lack of um, not so much that they don't care the you know the artists and stuff. It's just a lack of they don't see maybe they don't see the requirement and need. But Warhammer is priority. No longer, yeah, it's no longer it's no longer a small thing. You know, it might, in the terms of the game, the game is huge. So many people have either played the games or, you know, they watched Death of Hope or they've seen Astartes, which have got so many views and people are looking into yeah. it, right? Like, and I think it's, they need to look outside and really say more people are playing this game. Um, let's give them a character that they can really look up to or be, like, excited about. Um yeah, and I mean, one of the, yeah. one of the things I, I often hear when I when I have some version of this conversation with people about representation in miniatures is, you know, you often hear the argument, oh, well, they're your miniatures, you can paint them however you want, and that's yeah. that's sort of nonsense, right? Because you know, the average the average model from any line is uh, is given you know Caucasoid features, so yeah, I mean, you you can, you can paint a darker skin tone or such, but you know, it's still ultimately what's recognizable as a white person who's been given a darker skin tone, unless you know mm-hmm. you actually sculpt those features. Um, and the, those textures and stuff, you know, it, it's, it's not going to look, it's not, it's, it's not real, right? No, you know, it's, it, not it's, real. it's a cop-out. Right, exactly. And I remember actually years ago, actually when I first started, they had the old box art. Not when it was like, you, not before you had like a picture of the models, you think you just had like a picture from like the codex. And there was this, um, they weren't Cadians. They were like city fighters, I think they were called. I can't remember, like uh, they were a regiment in 40K. And it was this black black um, Imperial Guardsman. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a black Imperial Guardsman. I was excited. And then everyone was just white inside. Like, yeah. Um, and I think what I want to highlight as well is not about, you know, I don't want white people to feel like, you know, to feel bad. Um, that I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming people for what happened in the past. Um, for you know, you're not the avatar, the last said, but I gave a speech about you know, you're not responsible for what your ancestors did, but you are responsible sure. for what you do today and how you treat people today and tomorrow. And talking about educating your children, um, and asking these questions because when I'm gone, you know, and you're gone, it's children and the next generation that are going to come up. So I'm really glad that they are doing those books because I think that's what they're kind of aiming for, they're making people aware. Mm-hmm that actually we need to start from this young age and get people um, to think about these things. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, here, here's a question for you. So what do you think that, you know, the average gamer out there um, can do to, to, to help, you know, sort of emphasize that, yeah, Black Lives Matter and, you know, representation is important in miniatures gaming, you know, people who aren't working at companies or, you know, their, mm. their, their engagement with the hobby is they, they paint and play the games. Um, you know, is, is there anything you can think of that they, they can do that, you know, I can yeah. do to help with that? So I think it's one reading and educating ourselves. Um, that's an active thing. That is a, and that's a good thing that shouldn't be ignored and reading up and being like, gosh, and then having the conversations. Um, and I guess, <laughs> um, I wish I, had, I wish I had all the answers. Um, I, think, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, 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 it makes sense. No, and, I, I, and I think, because it is hard, I understand that if people don't know how to, like, what to do, they, they can be, you know, kind of frozen in place because they're of in, 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 in action because they're not sure what they can do. But actually speaking up for people and the best thing they can do is ensuring that it doesn't 
have a place in their own community with the, who they're playing, having a discussion and just saying, you know, what do you guys think? Do you think they should do that? Um, I'm not asking people to just paint loads of black models. Like you said, you know, that's, that's not what it's about. It's about sure. people really thinking about who they're talking to and just treating people like human beings, like loving people. Um, you know, George Floyd's death has rippled out around the world. And when I went to the protest today, it wasn't just black people, it was loads of white people wanting to show support. And I understand a lot of people can't go to like a protest or they can't, you know, they haven't, they, they might not be um, able to talk on social media, but the least they can do is talk to their families about it and, sure. you know, bring up a discussion. I think the way big change happens is people keeping pressure on and talking to the, the staff, the Games Workshop, write a letter, write a petition and say, you know, like, why is this not happening? You know, um, and being courageous enough to do that. And Games Workshop will have to respond. Uh, I believe, I really believe that they'll respond. Because, um, you know, there are really smart people, people smarter than myself in this community. Um, and in a position, you know, it's I want white people to use their privilege um, to speak up because I feel that they're more likely to be listened to um, than I will. So, um, yeah, I, is, does that make sense? Does that make sense? No, I think I think that's very well said. Well, Josh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk about all this stuff. You know, it's certainly been you know a, a difficult conversation in places, but I, I really appreciate your sharing your thoughts and, and all this other stuff with us. Thank you so much, Simon, for giving the opportunity. I mean, this brings me hope. You doing this brings me hope because it shows. I, I, where are you? Where are you from, Simon? Uh, I'm in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. And what what color have you? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I'm I'm a white guy. I'm I'm half Jewish, but that doesn't count for much. Uh, well, okay. There's a, there's a point there. No, there's a point there because the fact you said you're half Jewish. Yeah. So people the the persecution you may have faced for being jewish and people in the past have faced have definitely faced you no know, genocide for what for who they are so this will resonate i guess with you um but the fact that you're giving me an opportunity to speak shows how powerful what's happening is um and you've given me a platform to share my views um and I really appreciate this, and it, it it makes me it humbles me because it shows that there are people who care, no matter how frustrated I can get. There are people who care and are actively trying. You doing this podcast is a perfect example of something. You're spreading news, you're spreading um, information, so that people are no longer blind to it, you know, no longer ignorant to it. And I think that's a very powerful thing. You're using the platform. You you've worked really hard to get to bring that. To people and i think that's powerful really so thank you really i really can't really the, the, the pleasure is all mine and the honor is all mine i, I really appreciate again um you're having taken the time to speak with me about this stuff and you know i i hope anybody who's listening to this you know takes a little bit of time to think about you know how they can make things better for people of color in uh in their community whether it's gaming or the broader community yeah. awesome yeah and uh, yeah. hopefully maybe we'll have you back on in the future to talk about something maybe maybe just hobby next time we yeah can, uh, maybe we can probably have <laughs> Your Alpha Legion, they really are beautiful, man. Um, and I'm gonna be, much. I'm gonna be giving you some tips for, for some tips and tricks when uh, I get around to paint my army probably next year. Oils, oils, right? If I can give you a long last tip, oils. Yeah, go um, for it. They are so I've got oils from Winsor Newton, and they are very, very helpful for blending. So if you struggle with just blending with a brush, um, with acrylic paints rather, 
um, you can use oils and they are very more, they're so much more forgiving. Um, you can, if you make a mistake, you can wipe them away and they just so really effective. They almost automatically blend themselves. Um, just use the water, waterable mixer, water, yeah, water mixable oil colors. Um, you can use them on top of acrylics. You can mix them up with acrylics and they like work really nicely. Um, and uh, right now I've been using them to paint my effort Alpha Legionnaire. Yeah, I was looking at him. He's cool. Because he's, uh, so the idea between the Alpha Legion is like Omegon is loyal to the Emperor and Alpharis is kind of loyal to the Emperor. But he's doing, they're both, they're both trying to appease the Emperor or do what's best for the Imperium, how they think it would be. Um, obviously Alpharis is trying to, you know, allow the allow Chaos to win, where Omegon doesn't really believe that. And there's a civil war that occurs within the Legion. It's hinted at mm -hmm. in one of the books. Um, I think it's the uh, Seventh Serpent is hinted at this is a civil war by our forest. Um, oh, cool. And so my new Alpha Legion, which are going to be black, are about that civil war that's going on. They're like Omegon's elite um, company, which are like elite company of seekers. Um, and so they're all about like really nice spec ops, black armor, um, even more infiltrate-y. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's about the war. It's about the war going on between the Legion. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. That's, that's, no, that's super cool. All right, well, thanks for the last tip, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on. But again, thanks so much for your time, Josh. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Bless you. The Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm -hmm.